0: Welcome to the Treeleaf Zendo podcast. Treeleaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us.
1: um this week we had a request to talk about something we chant for each of our monthly ceremonies something that's been chanted for a thousand years in China and Korea and Zen temples all through Japan and that is the Sandokai which has a few translations the identity of relative and absolute I think the uh what is it the uh Harmony of uh, the singular and the uh, unity. There are many different names. And it is one of the fundamental basic teachings with the Heart Sutra of what we are doing here. And if I explain this, I hope you see that what we're doing here is really very simple. Amazingly simple. I can explain it, experiencing it, however. Now, that's a different thing. You see, my Dharma talks, when I give these talks, they're a little different than maybe some Dharma talks you hear. First off, I'm a lawyer and I like science. The lawyer part of me likes to be logical and doesn't like bull. I don't like wowie, superstitious, blah, blah. It has to make sense. It may not be our common sense, which is where the science comes in, because like in modern physics, there are many things about this world that the eye doesn't see. A friend of mine was explaining to me gravity the other day, that when it looks like the apple is falling, actually, it's the earth that is coming up to the apple. When you're in the elevator, there's no way to know if the elevator is going up or down or the earth is going back and forth as you're moving. We don't perceive this. It's not our common sense. But that doesn't mean that the universe is always working according to what our senses say. And that is also here. I insist that there is nothing that I will talk about today. And I have, I'm very lucky. I have, this is Scuba Science City. I have my own board of scientists and other scholars here. If anything I say today is contradicted, by what we fundamentally understand about very basic, even high school students like me, simply, can understand. You tell me and I will eat the paper that the sandokai is written on. It's amazing because this was written, they say, by our eighth, sen- eighth ancestor, Sekito, it uh, means stonehead uh, Shito, who was the eighth Zen ancestor in China, Over a thousand years ago, I believe it was the ninth century, and they didn't know now what we know about physics and chemistry and biology, that we are not only these little bodies, we're something, greater systems and fields, that seeing ourselves as isolated is not the only way to understand us as biological beings. They did not understand this a thousand years ago in China, yet what he's saying, I believe, is perfectly in harmony with what we now understand about who we are. But please, even though I say what I'm saying, it has to be in harmony with science. Don't think it's just cold and mathematical. I'm a mystic. This is something that you must really feel and experience. And I compare it to love. Biologists, chemists can tell us things about love, about the hormones, about mating rituals, about biology and evolution, about DNA and genetics. Right? Nothing about that contradicts love, yet to be in love. We have some people from Spain here, eh? Amor. Eh? Right? There's nothing about science that contradicts love, but if you just look to science to experience love, then you don't understand love. A poet cannot even capture love. There's something about this that is in harmony with science But at the same time, you must experience this. Now, why do you want to experience this? There are several reasons. People usually come to Zen because, number one, they say, who am I really? Why were we born here? Where did we come from? Where do we go when we die? And I'm suffering in life. Can you give me some peace? These are the main reasons. This presents, I want to say, either some very great clues to that, that are, I'm going to insist, perfectly in harmony with everything science tells us, or even maybe some very real answers. Now, hear me out. I can explain this very simply, and when we actually get into the Sandokai, it's going to go very quick. It looks very long, but it's very repetitive, and it's actually very easy to understand. Right now, we see ourselves as separate individuals. This is what we are. We need to live, right? I believe that science would tell us that you're not actually experiencing this room. You're experiencing light and other data that enters through the senses, travels up into various places like the prefrontal cortex, gets turned into from electrical chemical industry, energy that travels from the uh, optic nerve, goes to the brain, and there an image is recreated, a model of I'm seeing you and you're seeing me. We agree with that, my science panel? This is basically what science is telling me about how we're experiencing reality. Now, the model that's created here is one of separation and individual identity. You say, ah, I see bottle, it holds the tea. I see my friend, Shokai, he's over there. We see each other as separate and we feel as separate individuals. This is important because this is what we need to live. What the Sandokai, what much of Buddhism and much Eastern philosophy tells us is, that is not the only way to experience who you are. You can also come to see that you are all of this manifesting as a separate individual. The simplest example I gave is, and, and I experienced this when I was in the hospital for my cancer operation. So I'm going, I want to tell you this is very practical. The name tree leaf comes from the fact that all the people scattered around the world are like separate leaves and we're all joined. That's one meaning. But another meaning is, suppose you were a leaf on a tree. And it's fall. And you're a very smart leaf. You've become conscious like a human being. So you say, oh, it's fall. This is danger. I'm going to fall off and die. Because I'm a separate being, this leaf, right? What if you could realize that, wait a second, I'm also the tree? As long as the tree is here, I fall off, but the tree continues. Do you have to see yourself as only the tree or can you see yourself as something greater? If the leaf falls in the spring, another leaf comes, you can say, ah, yes, I was the tree. Now, I know this is hard for us to get because you feel so separate. But, you know, the Zen master, he draws a big circle in the air sometimes called the Enso or in calligraphy. You've seen this. Our podcasters Uh, uh, pod listeners can't podcast listeners can't see but I'm drawing a big circle and that kind of means all of this all of this we come to experience that we're not only separate we are also all of this manifesting right now as us Science tells us that we're not only these bodies, we're each individual cells in the body, trillions of cells. How many are there? Billions and trillions of cells. More cells in your body maybe than, they say, visible stars in the skies, right? Each of those cells is kind of a separate life, but they come together as you. And you are the biological systems in which we live. The leaf is the tree, you are the matter of this world that has come together in this form. We learn to see ourselves as all of this. That's what the great circle of the ENSO means, all of this. When I was in the hospital, there were two Jundo's there. The night before my operation, my cancer operation, I was very scared, of course, because Jundo could die. Because Jundo, feeling as a separate person, thinks, Oh, I have a big operation tomorrow. I don't know what the doctor is going to find. I might not come even back from the operation. It's very scary. But Jundo, the other one, thought, Oh, I'm all of this. I'm not going any place. I never came from any place. Richard Feynman, the great physicist, was once asked by a student, you know, he said, where's the universe? And people like to think, oh, the universe, it's out there. And he said, no, here it is. And there, and there, and there. Where was the big bang? Oh, it was over there somewhere, very far. No, right here in every atom of your body, which is expanding, unfolding, they, they say the universe is expanding. It's expanding from every atom of your body. Whatever all of this is, we don't say it's a thing. It's more like a great, the, the great philosopher Whitehead, Alfred Whitehead, spoke of a big process. It's a great dance. It is dancing as you. Why is this important? For three reasons. First off, as I said, the part of me that said, Oh, Jundo, you're having your operation, but it's okay. You're all of this, was not afraid. Because I felt, in a sense, I never came from anywhere. I'm not going anywhere because it's just all of this. The tree, the leaf may fall off the tree, but as long as the leaf feels like the tree, it's not going anywhere. The tree is continuing. The leaf fell, but the tree side of the leaf continues. You can really feel this. When my mother died, I was very sad, of course, because I lost my mother. But as long as there's all of this, where did she come from? Where did she go? Where is she but right here? Who are you? Bodhidharma, the first ancestor who came from India to China, was asked by the emperor What's your name? Who are you? And he said in Chinese, I don't know. And people think that there's a couple of meanings to that. That means that he was okay with being stupid. It's okay in Zen to be stupid. We don't have all the answers. Just be stupid. But there's another answer too. And that meant he knew because when you give up the mental process of separating and dividing and realize you're all of this, you know, Who you are. You know, in a sense, that you're the great tree. And it's freeing. Why? The other reason people come to Zen is because they suffer. You suffer, you need to have two things. Me against the world. Me against that guy. Me against that problem. Me against that car that just hit me. To have separate things is to have some things you like, but some things that are your problems in life. When there's no two, how can you fight? You need two to have a fight or tension or friction. But when you realize that there's only kind of a great wholeness, there can be no problem. It's just logical. One cannot fight. With itself. And somebody says, oh, but wait a second. Psychologically, I don't like myself. I fight with myself. And according to Buddhism, then, you're even turning yourself into an object that's in the world. I don't like myself is meaning I don't like my image of myself. So you're creating two in separation. I don't. This is kind of a footnote to this talk. And you don't like how you are in the world in life. But again, even then, you're creating mental image of separation. When you radically realize wholeness, there can be no tension. Just like I lied in that bed the night before my surgery, and the part that realized wholeness was not afraid, could not be. The other part still was. And that's what our talk is about. So I'm going to now go through the sandokai. The first part's just an introduction, but then it's going to go very quick. The mind of the great sage of India, and please take it and follow along if you will. the mind of the great sage of India is intimately conveyed west and east. That means what the Buddha discovered, he's the great sage of India, is conveyed west and east, north and south, up and down. This wholeness, by the way, because it's one beyond one, is beyond direction too. Right? Well, human faculties are both wise or dull, while some people might get this, some people might not, while some people are smarter than others, that doesn't change this. This is still true, whether you understand it or not. What I'm about to say is still true. In the way there are no northern or southern ancestors, that probably simply means that what was taught in India was also what we're teaching here in the north, in China. But actually... This is not really just Buddhism. I have to tell you, this is a lot of Taoism in here. Too. This is a very Taoist piece and Zen people sometimes say, no, no, no. Come on. <laughs> when Buddhism came from India to China, a lot of Taoist thought came in about the way, the Dao De Ching. You know. There's a lot of similarity here at this time. It might also mean, because of the time it was written, there was a dispute between the northern Zen Buddhists and the southern lineage. We're all inheritors of the southern lineage about whether you discover this suddenly and you're finished or whether it's a gradual process to realize you're all of this. And it was always better to be said, oh, you should realize it suddenly. But what we all know now is sometimes you realize this suddenly, all of this, And sometimes it has to slowly creep into your bones. Let me tell you something. I've been practicing this for 30 years. Sometimes I realize it profoundly. I'm the tree. I'm all of this. Sometimes it's a very slow process. Sometimes I can't see it. Okay? Now, let's get into it. The subtle source, the source, all of this, shines clear in the light The branching streams flow in the dark. Okay, here's the image. Let's say you have a room that's filled with stuff, probably like your dorm room, filled with books and tables and papers and junk in the wastebasket, okay? All the separate stuff. And you turn the light off. It all vanishes into the dark. In this, that darkness is a good thing. That's all the separate things vanish Where did they go? There's only the dark, one thing, this wholeness. You think uh, we usually in Westerners, we think light, like enlightenment is good. The dark is kind of evil or bad. In this poem, in Chinese sensibility here, the dark is actually what brings all things together because all the separate things disappear in the dark. When you turn the light back on, oh, there they are. You, me, the other guy, right? Turn the light off again. Where did we go? That is the image of everything vanishing into this wholeness. But yet it says, what it's saying is, even in the dark, all the separate stuff is still there. Even in the light looking separate, it's all whole. So that's why it says, the branching streams flow in the dark, like streams of a river, all the different things, branching. Flow in the dark, even when you can't see them. But the subtle source, the wholeness, is clear, even in the light where you see all the separate stuff. Okay? To encounter the absolute is not, uh, to be attached to things is primordial illusion. To encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment. Most human beings, we live in a world only of separation. Me versus you, and I need this thing, and I want, and who am I, and I'm afraid to die. Right? Right? This is human being life. So we come to practice Buddhism, and suddenly you have an experience. Maybe you're meditating. You go, oh, all of this. You know, don't think you're done when you just have the all of this experience. You must bring it back to realize that it is the separate world too. Jikin posted a wonderful link to a web page that was called, I think it was called Absolute Enlightenment. I'm going to put it up for everyone. I clicked on it, and it's a blank white screen. Absolute Enlightenment. There's no words, there's no picture, there's nothing there, just a white screen, Absolute Enlightenment. That's not Absolute Enlightenment for Zen. When the words come back, when the pictures of all the separate stuff when all the people arguing about politics and war all comes back on the page, the white is still there. The openness is still there. Our practice is to see, not just to blank out and feel the wholeness, to realize in all this messy world, all this confusion, all the mess of your life, they say the great catastrophe of your life, Zorba the Greek said, the whole catastrophe is this great wholeness and clarity. Our practice is not just to stop at the absolute. To encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment. You have to bring it back to our practice of realizing it's all the messy world and how they fit together. That's what this is about. All spheres, every sense and field, this is basically what the senses perceive. The sight field, the hearing field, Intermingle even as they shine alone. They all merge into this wholeness even as they stand separate. Interacting even as they merge, yet keeping their places in expressions of their own. You are perfectly you. Daniela is perfectly Daniela. I'm perfectly me. Kionin is perfectly Kionin. Strong Waters is perfectly Strong Waters. And yet... Turn off the lights. They all merge into this great, beautiful tree that is the universe, that is reality. Something, this great process. Now, why did it bring us here? Where are we going? I really don't know, you know. I'm going to be like Bodhidharma saying, I don't know, but I have a clue. If the universe brought you here to live, I think the reason is, if there's a reason, assuming there's a reason, it was just not meaningless, okay? Let's assume that there's something going on. If the universe brought you here to live, I suspect the reason was to live. There, I've told you what life is about. So live it well. That's the last line of this poem, by the way, we're going to get there. If the universe for some reason brought you here out of time and space, and we can't completely know the reason why, just do it well. If you find yourself on a bicycle and you say, how did I get on this bicycle? Oh, bicycle, (laughs) pedal, and try to keep without falling off. This is our life. If you find yourself in the middle of the ocean swimming, why? How am I born here? What am I doing in this ocean? Why am I swimming? No clue. Swim. Try not to drown. This is our life. Okay? I just told you what it's about. Don't fall off your bike. Live well. Live with balance. Why? I mean, you're not drowning in the ocean. Why? Because you're in the ocean all along. Thank you. Everyone gets an A-plus today. Okay. Let's keep going. Sites differ primarily in shape and character. Every separate thing has its own shape and character. A box is square. A ball is round. You're this tall. He's that tall. Right? A mountain looks like a mountain. Sights differ primarily in shape and character, and sounds in harsh and soothing tones. Today we had a helicopter fly over, right? It was disturbing. If you let it be disturbing, right? It had its own harsh tone. But again, turn the lights off. What happens? The dark makes all words one. All the separate words. We we live in a world where everything has a name, right? A word, a description. Tall, short, good guy, bad guy, happy, sad, friend, enemy. Turn the lights off. Up here, the words. All the differences, all the judgments, all the separation, all the frictions, all the me versus you. All the dark makes all words one. Turn the lights on and the words reappear. The brightness distinguishes good and bad phrases judgments, opinions, names. You understand? Basically, you got this? Have I said anything so far that science would say, you know, this is... The four elements, now, wait a second, in those days, this is not scientific. In those days, they didn't know about the periodic table, so they basically said all matter, the Greeks did this too, all matter is, I think, earth, fire, water, and wind. So that's not quite scientific, but they were trying. Oh, wait a second. Our sacred Elvis moment. Love me tender, love me sweet. You know Elvis? Elvis Presley. That was one of his songs. Our Yes, our oil heater. Every Right in the most dramatic moment of my talk, every time. it <laughs> Reminds me. Don't be such a so serious Jundo. Let's sing Elvis. Okay. So the four elements return to their true nature. Like a child turns to its mother. This is another example of not one, not two. Let me ask you a question. When a baby is conceived in the mother, is there one person there or two? Let's say just in the first weeks. You're a philosopher, you can debate this. Well, it's two people. No, it's one being. Biologist, not clear. Is, is it one, is it just the mother's system or are there are two beings here? And I can ask, oh, there are millions, all your ancestors, their DNA is there too. So you could say there's one person there, or there's two, or there's millions. Yes. And this, I'm going to blow your mind. This is your relationship to mom. The universe is your mother in that sense too. When we're born, that is the process of us apparently separating from something we never separate from. Do you think the baby comes out of the mother and it's independent? Not according to our view completely. You're still in mom in some sense, there people said that, uh, you know, when we meditate, we're trying to crawl back into the womb. We're trying to realize, you know, get back to ma. You never left. You look like you left. Where's the universe, said Feynman. You've never left. You're still in the great womb. We say the Buddha womb, the Tathagata. They sometimes say the Buddha's womb. I know it's getting a little Freudian here, <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. So, the four elements return to their nature as a child turns to its mother. And then it says, fire is hot, water is wet, wind moves, and the earth is dense. Again, just take this to mean everything has its own properties, right? Everything, you know, liquid flows, fire is hot. You're the material scientist. You That's correct, right? Fire is hot. Material flows, water, okay. Okay, now, eye and form, ear and sound, nose and smell, tongue and taste, the sweet and sour of the tongue, right? The senses, again, give characteristics to things, right? Each independent of the other, like leaves that come from the same root. Again, this is my tree image of the leaves that come from the same root and seem independent with their own characteristics, Each cell of the body, each organ of your body looks like it's doing the same thing, but I believe we now know the cells actually choose. You're going to be the liver, you're going to be the brain, you're going to be the elbow, right? So, in a sense, yes, each thing has its own characteristic, and you are you, but you all come from the same root. And though leaves and root must go back to the source, both root and leaves have their own uses. You see, it's very repetitive now. It's just making this point again and again. Each thing is this one great whole, the great root, the great tree, the great mother, whatever you want to call it, the Buddha, you know, call it the universe, call it uh, God. Some people, if you're in that thing, you can say, some people may just call it the universe reality if you're not particularly religious. I don't care what you call it. It doesn't care what you call it. Isn't that great? Whatever this is, doesn't care what name you put on it, because how can you name something that's not a thing? It's just everything. I've lost my place, but it doesn't matter. Both fruit and leaves have their own lucid uses. Now we get back to this light and darkness. Light is also darkness, but do not think of it as darkness, where everything disappears. Darkness is light. But do not see it as just light. Why? Light and darkness are not one, not two. This is a great phrase in Buddhism. Are we two separate things? Is the mother and the child two separate things? Or are they one? We kind of say both, but we say it in such a beautiful sense. We say they're not one, nor are they not two. That's what this means. We don't say they're one and two. We even try to take it a step further. Yeah, they're one and they're two. It's even more intimate. Thank you, Elvis, for reminding me. Cool down, Jundo. (laughs) They're not one and they're not two. You are both separate individuals, beautiful as you are, an expression of all this, and you are all this. When we're meditating, we're just trying to, it's freeing. To realize you're all this. When you you get past the tensions, the frictions of division, what is there to fight about? What is there to fear? So how intimate are they? Light and darkness are not one like two like the foot in front and the foot behind when you're walking. They just work together so naturally. You know? You see, that's all it's saying. They fit together so naturally. It's like your two feet when they're walking, the relative and the absolute. The whole, seeing the wholeness only is not enough. Seeing the separation is not enough. But when you can see that the separation and the wholeness, the flowing everything, and this world of craziness we live in are just so intimately one beyond one that it works together so nicely like your two feet you're walking. That's all it's saying. You're free. It's freeing. You still got problems, but you don't. You're still going to die, but you're not. You're still a separate individual with taxes to pay, but you're not. But you still have to pay your taxes or you're going to get in trouble. It's a crazy world how this all fits together. That's our practice. Go to the tax office and say, I'm sorry, I'm not really here. I'm all of this, and all of this didn't make any income because there's nothing to earn. I don't have to pay taxes. And if the guy's a Buddhist, he's going to say, you're right, but pay your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Each thing has its own being, which is not different from its place and function. Again, that's all it's saying. Each thing is its own thing. Very repetitive, just like my talks. The relative fits the absolute as a box and it's lid. They just fit together really nice. The absolute meets the relative, like two arrow points that touch in midair. I'm going to get back into physics again. Here in Scuba, we're very proud of our particle collider. It won three Nobel Prizes a few years ago, the scientists here, And like two arrow points meeting in midair, they take the, the electron, and I think it's antiparticle, the positron, and they spin them in opposite directions, and they get them to crash into each other, like two arrow points meeting in air, but incredibly that they, with magnets, you know, they get these two tiny particles to bang into each other and they see what we're made of. As I spoke about last week, for some reason, there's uh, symmetry breaking. For some reason, there's more matter than antimatter. And that's why we have this world. I spoke about it last time. Okay. Whatever that happened. It was this. Forming particles, which formed galaxies, which formed suns, which made uh, explosions, which brought out the periodic table, which became you, who's here in the ocean swimming. What they're studying at the particle collider, like two arrowheads point touching in midair, is somehow if I may say, not in conflict with anything that's being said here. Whatever came out that became you is all this. Hearing this, simply perceive what is. Make no criterion. In in other words, stop trying to understand this. If you only try to understand this intellectually, making ideas and criterion in your head, you're going to create separation. When we sit Zazen, what are we doing? Dropping some of the thoughts, dropping some of the judgments, and the hard border, the mental border in the mind, that prefrontal cortex that separates us from all this, softens. Suddenly you may get the flowing sensation, oh, I'm just life. Suddenly, the Rinzai people, they concentrate on Mu and they get the big Kensho where everything really drops away. And I call it, no offense to my Mexican friends, I'm sorry. I have his expression in English, the whole enchilada. Uh-huh. You know that expression? You are the whole enchilada. The whole enchilada. Listen to this. Your life is the whole enchilada flowing in and as you and flowing out again. That's what we experience. The Rinzai people, when they have this experience, thank you, Elvis. <laughs> i me to calm down the Rinzai people experience that they are this whole great dance, the whole thing manifesting coming to life as you later. We're going to dance the hokey pokey. I'm going to change the words a little today. You'll hear as opposed to saying, I'll I'll put it. You want to push the button again? If you can. When we're dancing, it's all of this dancing. Okay. So let me finish this up quickly. People get confused about this. The guy asked, what does this mean? And people really have a hard time. Okay, I understand you say I'm all of this, but I don't feel it. I don't feel it. What we're trying to do here is get it and feel it in our bones so that when I was lying on my hospital bed, I'm telling you, after 30 years of this practice, I knew who I was. And it wasn't only the guy having operation yesterday. I was the whole enchilada. (laughs) So are you. If you do not see the way, you do not see it even as you walk on it. The whole world, you're walking on it, is the whole enchilada too. Walking forward in the way, you draw no nearer, progress no further. Very easy. Think about Feynman. He said, where is the universe? It's here, it's there, it's there, it's there. So when you're walking in it, you're not getting any closer to it, nor are you getting any further from it. Because it's everywhere, right? That's the only, that's all that's saying here. A thousand years ago, they made this point. If this thing is everything in you too, you cannot get away from it. You cannot get more close to it. Except there is one way. When your mind creates division, you think you're very far. So the next line says But one who fails to see this truth is mountains and rivers away. If you don't see that it's everywhere and you too, it feels far away or you don't don't even see it. Most people, they don't see it. They feel it's far away. That's why we're spending all this time sitting here looking at the wall. I don't want to say this about people who mix their Buddhism with drugs because I don't support that. There's something about this practice. If you take drugs and you have an experience, a lot of people will Take ecstasy or something and have an experience of oneness. You see? It is the same in a sense. But the problem with it is if you take drugs, you don't know how to live it. You can't handle it. You understand? It's, it's not a good experience to learn it. You have to learn it the way we practice it, which is really to make it part of your life. Just taking a drug. Oh, man, I'm everything. Wow, wow. And then you walk into the wall, you know, it's only good for dancing. You can have a medical, um, you can have an experience of this oneness on a dance floor. I have had it. Okay. Not, I don't take exercise. I didn't mean that, but just dancing. Okay. You can have this, but the trouble is great. So you had an experience. There's some oneness. You're, you're, you're not only the separate thing. Great for you. Can you, what is that going to do for your life? No, give me more ecstasy. No, 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 no. You don't understand. It's not about taking a pill. It's about you had this realization. Now you get in the hospital bed or you go in the life and your, all your problems. Living it. It's As it's said in the first line there, one who to encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment. OK, that's why we don't say I'm not going to say that taking med- you know, drugs won't give you a, f- a feeling of some of this oneness. It will. But it's not the same thing as learning to make it your life. That's why we don't encourage drugs. OK. So one who fails to see this truth is mountains and rivers away. Now, here's the most important line. Listen to those Listen, those who would perceive this subtle matter, live well your time by night and day. Now I've told you this. If you say, Oh yeah, I'm one man, go out and be angry, greedy, selfish, jealous person, mountains and rivers away. You've been born for some reason. You're the ocean, actually. You've been born, oh I am swimming on the ocean. What you should you do? Swim well. <laughs> Live gently, be good, no peace in your heart. Be kind, be generous. Then you won't know the division so much, okay? Live well your time by night and day. And that's something you can't get just on a dance floor. You have to get out of the dance floor and live. Okay, any questions? Chokai.
0: Uh, could you uh, expand on the uh, uh, purpose of the bells? The purpose there's, of what? There's five phrases there that are preceded by bell. Oh. All spheres. Well, usually
1: place. if this is during, I, I don't know why they put them in those particular places, but usually if we're doing a ceremony like the Heart Sutra, one person said, well, what does this altar mean, this Buddha? I heard a beautiful explanation this week. The Buddhist statue represents the man, Shakyamuni, the sage, the great sage of India. And we're just being respectful. Thank you for all this. The statue also represents the whole enchilada. The statue is this, a piece of art to capture this. Sometimes we bow down during the ceremony, we light incense. Why they put the bell in those particular places, I don't know. But you have to bow sometime. Those are good times to bow. Next question. Sukashi.
0: I um, I guess I have a little bit more than a question. Um, That on this idea that encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment and um, about living well and kind. Um, Because when we once we are part of the whole dance, it means we're also the bullet in the gun and the the homeless person who is cold, the animal dying in the forest, whatever And so, it would be insanity to not try to right wrongs, even though there's no, ultimately no wrong. Um, So, I don't know, I I feel like part of fully manifesting the absolute is where engaged Buddhism and, you know, uh, social, working for social change and, and just trying to be kind ultimately comes from uh that it's this part of this weird juggling act of relative and absolute um so i don't know that's all
1: sounds good to me any other question okay so you thought you're coming to zen this is dancing school really is learning how to dance the great dance that you are of life that's all it is. Any other question back across the world, which is also the whole enchilada, wherever you are? Waving my arm for our podcast listeners, making a big enso in the in the air. Okay. Now, that's it, Zazen. You can sit where you are. This is a I call super short Zazen because when we sit Zazen, you know, it's not a matter of time or long and short. It's not a matter of quantity. Realize that one moment of Zazen is all of time, too. It's also the whole enchilada of time. Let's sit. Just sit with her. think it's time for the Hokey Pokey. Now our Hokey Pokey today is going to be a little different and I'll explain. I'm going to change the words just a little bit. The Hokey Pokey, we have a first time Hokey Pokey -er. (laughs) in España is El Hokey Pokey or La Hokey Pokey. Uh usually it says you put your right hand in, you pull your right hand out, you put your right hand in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself about. You just follow along. Okay? Today I'm changing the words a little. Ready? All of this puts its right hand in. All of this pulls its right hand out. All of this puts its right hand in, and all of this shakes it all about. All of this does the hokey pokey, and turns itself about. That's what it's all about. The universe puts its left hand in, the universe takes its left hand out, the universe puts its left hand in, and shakes it all about. You don't know your right hand from left hand. (laughs) Do the hokey pokey. The universe turns itself about, That's what it's all about. All of reality puts its right hand leg in. All of reality takes its right hand leg out. Sorry, I don't know my leg from my hand. (laughs) All of reality puts its right leg in and shakes it all about. All of reality does the hokey-pokey and turns itself about. That's what it's all about. Perdona, amigo, say espanol. The whole enchilada puts its left leg in, the whole enchilada takes its left leg out, the whole enchilada puts its left leg in, and shakes it all about, the whole enchilada does the hokey hokey, and turns itself about, that's what, what's the dramatic part, that's what it's all about. Okay. Actually, did we finish? Let's walk in here for a few minutes, then we're going to sit. Just walk in here, where you are. If you need to take a break, by the way, that's... don't let the cat out.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.